Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Transcending Together with Julianne and Lee. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. Hello from me and hello from... Hello from Lee. (laughs) That rhymes. I like that. (laughs) So we have decided this week to talk about sex, politics and religion all in one go which are things that you're never supposed to talk about when you're at a dinner party. And we've decided we're going to talk. Well, I don't know if we'll talk too much about sex, but we might talk about gender, obviously. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Where do we begin? So let's start at the beginning, as Julie Andrews once said. The thing that's been vexing me most this week is so last was it last monday the 12th we had what was this debate on the whether or not to amend the equality act and i thought it was quite interesting because it was obvious that joanna cherry and her two sidekicks had obviously scuttled into the committee room as quickly as they could like people boarding a ryanair flight to try and make sure they get <laughs> the row of seats with the most leg room and they'd obviously put themselves in that position to ensure that they could be seen on camera throughout the entirety of the discussion and the thing which just it really left me with a feeling of disgust and I know we are always and often as a community disgusted with the nature of our politicians however in this scenario if somebody is standing up there and they're saying okay I've got a letter from a constituent who has said that if they lose their rights they might as well kill themselves and you've got Joanna Cherry rolling her eyes and the people on either side of her cavorting and gesticulating like what she's just said is something entirely unreasonable. And the thing that really bothers me about this is Joanna Cherry is an elected representative of government. She's not there in her personal capacity. Now, in private, if she were sitting at home watching something on the telly, she's welcome to roll her eyes and behave that way. But this is our houses of parliament. This is our government. These are the people that are making decisions about our lives, our future. And yes, obviously, we're coming at this from the point of view of transgender rights. But I don't know that I would trust Joanna Cherry to go to the kitchen and get me a glass of water. I just, it just seems so innocuous. I I don't, What's your thoughts, Lee, about how that whole thing went down? Yeah, from my perspective, what was key for me was you said in private she can have these thoughts, but at work, sitting in that committee room, she should be working for the people and her responses should be for the people. And we've kind of lost that in the political field. It's like they don't care about us people anymore. It's all Um, about the personalities, isn't it? The individuals. Yeah. And I guess that's why, if you think of the definition of a narcissist, that's exactly what they are. Yeah. They're there for their own glory. They seek power simply for the result of having power. Mm. And I remember my old high school headmaster said he would never select head of school on the basis of the person who wanted the job because anyone who wants power is least qualified to hold it. And I thought that was quite interesting. You know, this idea, it's the old Shakespearean thing from Twelfth Night, where some are born great, some achieve greatness, and others have greatness thrust upon them. And 
you know, often the, the, the best leaders are those who find themselves in a situation where they rise to the top because they have the best solutions to the problem. Mm. Yeah, And those who are born great, and, and this is what Shakespeare, although Twelfth Night is in theory a comedy, it's my favorite Shakespeare because obviously it involves gender non-conforming role play. But yeah, the underlying principle of what the play talks about is that if you're born great, it's very difficult to achieve what you are expected to achieve because being born great places upon you all sorts of preconceived notions about what it is you'll do with your life and that in itself is very stressful and I'm not going to excuse the likes of Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg and and the rest of them who went to these esteemed public schools in this country but a very very good book which will I think inform most people in terms of the nature of of those that lead us currently is that book. I can't think of the name of the author right now, but the book is called Sad Little Men. And it's written by someone who went to a public school, Radley College, and he was a few years behind younger, let's say, than Boris Johnson, who was at Eton. But his assessment of how inadequate and ill-prepared these people are for leadership is laid bare in his own experience. And myself, having gone to a public school Africa version, I can attest to the issues. And I think it's something Lee and I have joked about having a a discussion around boarding school syndrome. But it's a very real issue, and it does cut to the core of what's wrong with these people is that they're born great. And being born great, ultimately, as Twelfth Night shows us, those that are born great are very often the worst possible people to be given any form of control. Those that have greatness thrust upon them, and I think that's where the Joanna Cherries you know, they should never, They people like that shouldn't be let anywhere near any form of leadership as far as I'm concerned. If you lack empathy as a baseline, mm-hmm. what on earth are you doing in that career? You yeah, know, and it, com- that, it comes yeah. back to the old quote, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely because it's that kind of power grab that they're more interested in and the people who they represent. Yeah, exactly. That's it, isn't it? They just... They're in it for themselves. I think this was, you know, there was that that debate around when they were choosing a new leader in Scotland after Nicola Sturgeon. And there was that politician, and I can't remember her name. (laughs) I'm not up on my names today. Sorry, listeners. But there was that contender who came from from a very evangelical Christian background. And again, it's like, yeah, but that's... It's fine to hold those views to give yourself a personal moral compass, but you are fundamentally not entitled to enforce those views on anyone else and to make laws on other people based on your own personal perspective around what you think your God has told you. And this is where I think religion and politics coalesce to a certain extent. Because I don't see how we can separate the two when we've got 
people. We're currently in an environment where, on the one hand, we've got people shouting and screaming and saying it's it's antithetical to British society. We're a Christian society and we have to uphold Christian values. That we have to question whether that even has a place in our political discourse. But then having said that, the head of our state, the king, is the head of our church. And with all the rigmarole and ceremony, he was ascended to the throne in a religious ceremony, which reinforces this religious dominance in the way our lives are governed. That, to me, is a problem, because I think the people have a broad church. (laughs) That's very much the wrong word, but a broad church of ideas around what spirituality means and especially in this country where forget immigration forget all of these other things the ultimate point is that even 12 generation british people can turn around and say well they're not christian they might be buddhist they might be jewish they might be atheist the point is they're not necessarily bound by the religion and even in this country we've got this differentiator between the protestants and the catholics and i was watching something the other day which was quite interesting because it was this guy he said i grew up in a protestant household and if you take the very nature of the name protestant i am a protester protesters have been banned now thanks to suella ella 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 braverman (laughs) lee help me out here i'm talking too much yeah i think it's i think it's quite interesting because if you have a look at the big picture here you you mentioned we're a a nation of christians and if you have a look at uh, the first minister of scotland he's not a christian you have a look at the mayor of london he's not a christian if you have a look at the prime minister he's not either so is he not no oh none of those three are he's a muslim mr prime minister oh or hindu sorry yeah he's hindu the other two are, are muslim interesting so the biggest city scotland and the uk do not have christian-based leaders and yet they are effective they can still perform their duties i mean sadiq khan to the best of my knowledge is not ramming islam down everyone's throats or no. saying we've got to do this because allah tells me so yeah which is interesting laudable. Isn't it? that is that is interesting it's so interesting that i need to pause and think about it as we go into our first, <laughs> first commercial break, break. <laughs> see you on the other side oh i love this we continue in moments this is good yes yes you're locked to trans radio uk many website owners don't like their website hosting company or support provider but are too scared to move to someone else in case they lose their site or it affects their business. Based in Telford at Purple Prince Media, we will move your website to us free of charge with the best support possible. And if you're looking to start up a business, we're also here to design and build your website from the ground up with unbeatable prices on web hosting and dedicated servers. We're also certified Magento developers, which is the world's biggest e-commerce platform. So rest assured, your online business is just a click away. Drop us an email on hello at purpleprints.co.uk or visit purpleprints.co.uk to get started. Purple Prince Media, the local website company. Win £25,000 and help truck listeners at the same time. Enter the Rainbow Lottery and click Truck Listens as your chosen organisation. And not only can you win £25,000, 
50p of every ticket purchased will go to Truck Listens. Please see www.transradiouk.com and click win £25,000 for more details. Ever thought about having your own radio show? Well, now you can, as we're looking for presenters to join our team. No experience is needed and minimal equipment required. For more information, email info at transradiouk.com. Transradio UK. Tune in via DAB in Ireland. Download our app via your smart speaker or online at transradiouk.com. Malcolm here. Don't go anywhere as we bring you some more trucking, great music and chat here on Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings that are our listeners. So before the break, we were talking about the various different creeds. It was actually interesting because I never really thought about the fact that there are a number of significant leaders in this country right now who we don't hear about their religious point of view, which is an interesting thing. And thinking about all of these things has got me thinking about, okay, so what do I actually believe? And it's an interesting place to go because I struggle with my life at the moment. And I'll I'll be honest with, with you all about this. I believe that we do reincarnate and that we incarnate into this realm that is the earth, to do certain things and to achieve certain things. And I have to question why on earth I would ever have chosen right now to be the time to be a trans person. And it's interesting because I kind of like, if you can visualize this, my, in a way, my philosophy is, is governed by this idea, which if you take a tree, you imagine a big tree it's winter so you can see all the branches and everything and then you take that tree and you take another tree that's quite similar and you pluck them out of the ground which i know is not green but just for the sake of the allegory follow me here so you take those two trees and you take one and you turn it upside down and you put it on the other so you've got a trunk at the bottom a trunk at the top and in the middle is this mishmash of branches and that to me is the life we define for ourselves. So we set a broad boundary in terms of what it is that we, where we are going to be born and what we want to achieve by the time we get to the end of the journey. But what happens in between just depends on the decisions we take from one day to the next takes us down a particular branch or down another particular branch. And I've often wondered those incredibly powerful souls that are taken from us too young when we look at them and we just think, surely that person had so much more to do. To me, those are the people that just chose options that took them straight from the trunk to the trunk and they just went through. It was just that's how their life tended to map out whereas some of us we meander back and forth <laughs> over these branches but eventually you know we're always pushed forward time is always the thing that pushes us on and time is almost like if you imagine rising waters around these two trees and you know at a certain point we can't go back because it's underwater so we have to keep moving forward we have to keep choosing the next branch to jump onto and sometimes we jump and we leap, a leap of faith, 
And sometimes we make a considered decision around, well, I'm going to go there and then I'm going to go there and then I'm going to go to the next place. So some of our decisions in life are well thought through and others are just, okay, the water's catching up with me. I need to move on now. And so if we take that concept, I've often wondered why on earth would I have chosen this path for my life? And to be honest with you, and this is a mental health warning, because I'm going to deal with very difficult concepts here. But I have to be honest that the thing which has always drawn me back from the edge is the knowledge that if I punch out and I just say, okay, I'm done, I'm just going to have to come back and do it again because I'm here for a reason. And the fact that I might find myself at the end of my tether and unable to go forward usually means I'm just at the end of a particular branch and I just don't know. I can't see the next step. But my belief system fundamentally has kept me alive. It's kept me alive to the extent, even if it is fear-based, that if I punch out, I'm just going to have to come back and do it again. It's not going to, whatever these challenges are, I either overcome them in this life or I come back and do it again. So yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot, Lee, you and I, around these concepts and stuff. What do you think about that? Yeah, I have a similar outlook about spirituality and I see it like a compass that points us towards our true selves and provides a purpose and that links back to I've come here to do something and it helps us to unlock our potential and I think yeah for me personally my spiritual beliefs have shaped not just my professional approach but also my outlook on life and again yeah I like the idea of of spirituality as comforts that that metaphor like we're on an uncertain path we don't know where to go like you were saying about the branches and then suddenly you, you pull out your compass your spiritual compass and it points you in the direction it gives you guidance towards self-discovery and, and personal growth so that you can uncover the reason why you chose to come here. What What is your purpose? Were you raised Christian? What was your upbringing? Yes, I guess you could say that. Methodist. Parents sent me to Sunday school because that was the right thing to do, not that they were particularly religious themselves. They didn't go to Sunday. They didn't go to church every <laughs> Sunday because, you know, their, their daughter went to church every Sunday. Yeah, it was a place, a, a home for me until I got older and I realised I don't don't really want to have anything to do with this religion or this, this church or however you want to describe it if they so against gays and lesbians. So at that point in my sort of like early 20s, I decided that organized religion is just not something that I want to partake in particularly. So how would you describe yourself spiritually? Well, I don't like labels, so I don't like to like label myself as saying I'm pagan do, or I'm this or I'm that. Do, do, you think, do you think that when we die, that's it? No. Do you think there's something before and something after? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, that's yeah. a good starting point. And I guess that, you know, listening to what you were saying there, I guess that kind of goes to the point of around you here for a particular purpose you had obviously set an intention in being born to achieve something and i don't think we should know what what it is we necessarily here to try and achieve not consciously we don't need to consciously yeah yeah because it's kind of like if you know you're chasing that thing then you become target fixated Mm. and it's like one thing as a motorcyclist i'll tell you if you actually look at the pothole you will hit it yeah yeah (laughs) 
They try it's to like our, that out of you. our personal connection with something greater than ourselves. And that connection should be a source of strength, not conflict. And I think I'd got to the point where all I saw in organized religion is conflict. And, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that has been hidden from us for centuries and eons and controlled by the church and things like that. And you, you can't like reach a point where you say to yourself, this journey of mine, this life that I've chosen, it's not a battleground. It's a safe haven and I've come to make the world a better place. I really like that. I've always thought something similar. It's I want to leave the world in a better place than I found it. To a certain extent, that is almost narcissistic because a fatalist would say you can't affect the world. You are a victim of it. It just life happens to you. Which, again, that's another perspective, I suppose. That's another point of view around spirituality. I think that thing that you were talking about in terms of moral compass is an interesting one because that Scottish pretender for the throne, if you like, and I just cannot think... I'll have to actually look it up during one of our breaks because it's driving me crazy what her name was. But she's saying that she's justified in making the policy decisions that she does because she's driven by her religious philosophy. And I think as we go into the next segment, one of the things that I want to dwell upon is to what extent, what is the kind of the difference between religion and spirituality? I think that's an important thing to think about. Okay, so we're going to go to a quick, well, we're going to go to a break. I'm not sure if it'll be quick or not. It depends on the sponsors and the messages, but we will see you on the other side. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively? Why not check out Trans Sober? We're a grassroots peer support group for the community, by the community. Find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins. We also offer other useful resources. Looking for business cards? Flyers? In fact, anything in print? We can help. Digital format specialists. www.printsmart.uk.com Think smart, print smart. Did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com. Transradio UK, a global radio station the whole LGBTQ community can be proud of. Are you looking for an intimate and affordable graphic design service? Are you an indie author needing help to publish your book? Theodora Rosenberg is here to help. With packages for marketing, publishing and branding available, you're sure to be satisfied. Find out more at authortheorose.com Trans Radio UK is on right now. Across the UK and beyond. Now, now, more of the music you love. Trans Radio UK. Whoa. 
Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. So during the break, I went and did a little Google. Kate Forbes was the Scottish leadership contender who believes that one's decisions that one takes in a position of leadership should be guided by your religion. And this has got me thinking about what is spirituality and what is religion. And for me, the breaking point between the two is religion seeks to find consensus. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to take this broad group of people and you're going to whittle down things that everybody agrees on. So it's kind of like the Venn diagram. And I remember being struck by this because the evangelical Christians love to use the fish as a symbol. But of course, in mathematics, the vesica Pisces is the intersection point between two circles. And in a way, subtly acknowledging that Christianity as a religion exists because they've found that intersection point between all the different broad ideas around what people believe. And they've said, okay, so we can agree on, we don't agree on that, but we agree on this. We don't agree on that, but we agree on this. So in the end, the difference between spirituality and religion is religion is something that has been achieved by consensus or through a committee. And I always think back to something someone said to me, and I know it's a famous quote, but the person who said it to me wasn't famous, but it's that (laughs) a camel is a horse designed by committee. And in a way, that's what you've got with religion is you've got this trade-off between what does the majority believe to try and get everybody to say, okay, this is what we all agree on. So this is what this religion is going to be. Whereas spirituality is such an individual thing. It's you. To be spiritual is to accept that you are a unique creation in this universe. And I've always been drawn to the idea that whatever you believe, whether you atheist, Christian, Buddhist, agnostic, whatever you believe, you only get this life once. You might be Buddhist and say, well, I can reincarnate and get this life again, but you can't. Because if you come back again, all those nuances of decisions and you'll never, it's that idea about you can't cross the same river twice because it's constantly changing. So even if you did believe you can loop back and do it again, the situation is going to be fundamentally different. So you only get, you are here, you are now, you are unique, you have have this moment right now to do what it is that you need to do. And I just cannot understand how people can give away that power, can trade it off to a consensus. We must compromise. And I think we fundamentally know what's good and bad. That is the lesson of the Garden of Eden. I don't see the snake as the problem. The snake, as it actually says in the Bible, God or the gods, depending on your belief and your translation of the word Elohim, said to Adam and Eve, now that you have eaten of the tree of knowledge, you have become one of us. You now have the knowledge of good and evil and you must leave the garden. Lee talked earlier about going to Sunday school. I went to Sunday school. That's the first thing I ever remember from Sunday school was the yeah. Adam and Eve story. And I remember yeah. hearing that story and thinking, tell me again why the snake is the problem. Isn't that a good thing to have a knowledge of good and evil? Snake is a scary creature, particularly to young children, and it's, you know, instilling fear upon you. 
Whereas if you actually look deeper into it, Lucifer, it means light bringer so, or morning star. So Lucifer as a character, as we know him today, is more of a product of cultural interpretations, really. You know, and it's like, oh, the snake and it's scary and it's fear. But all he was doing was bringing in the light, bringing in that, that knowledge. That's a really interesting point, that. The pentagram, if you were to trace the rising point of Venus, so Venus is the last star that's visible before the sun rises. So Venus is the herald of the dawn, the bringer of light. And over an annual period, if you trace the position in the sky over 365 days, Venus will actually trace a pentagram in the sky. So Venus as a star is the herald of the dawn is the bringer of light. Lucifer, as Lee was saying, Lucifer comes from the Latin lucifer, which is the light. So even as a little kid, I had a sense that the snake wasn't the problem because the snake gave us the knowledge of good and evil. It gave us a moral compass. Every single one of us, that original sin, as the church calls it, is actually our own moral compass. And why is that a bad thing? Why should that not be good? We know in our heart of hearts whether the thing that we are doing is good or bad. And the thing that tells us that is our conscience. And I joke about this, but I often think to myself, would I tell my mother I'm about to do this thing? (laughs) (laughs) And you should think about that in your own life. It's like, I want to do this thing. Can I tell the person whom I love the most that I'm about to do this thing without fear of judgment from them that it's the wrong thing to do? And just to carry on with that train of thought, the light bringer serves as a mirror reflecting back our own quest for knowledge and the struggles that we face on that journey. So for me, that is the thing, isn't it? It's that differentiation. Religion seeks to bring together a community of people that have more or less the same ideas so that we can coalesce them, boil them down to their bare bones and then say, okay, these are the things that we all agree about. So I was raised Christian. My father was Jewish and I did a trip of the Holy Land when I was in my early 20s and I went to Israel and I went to Masada, which is an incredible place. Just the whole place is just steeped in history. And I remember being completely moved by the fact that you could actually still see the old horse tracks from the top of Masada of the horses that were coming and going during the Jewish rebellion of 70 AD. It was very interesting because at that point, despite being raised Christian, that's the moment where that programming as a child into Christianity broke. That's when I lost my faith, if you like. And it was after that that I realized that we, the stories that we're told and the stories that we read in the Bible, I started researching more. And I discovered that no matter how far back you go, there's always an older story. And that's what's got me into the work of Zechariah Sitchin and the, and the various Sumerian tablets and the stories around that. Now, the Sumerian texts predate the Bible by 3,000 years, but they tell the same stories. And it's quite interesting how... We joke today that the Christians stole Christmas and they stole Easter from the pagans, which they did. But the Old Testament is stolen from the Sumerians. And there is so much in history that we don't know. And the only thing religion brings us 
the closed mind. We have to challenge and ask questions. That's the important thing. We can't just take what we're given. Even as a child, I've had this inbuilt sense of caution when I'm faced with anyone in authority because I want to understand why are you in charge? Who put you in charge? What gives you the right to tell me what I can and can't do? Because I believe I am a sovereign spiritual being. I don't know where I got that. <laughs> but as long as I can remember, I've always thought that. It's a weird thing. I was just, I was born this way. <laughs> Thanks, Lady Gaga. Knowing. You were born knowing. That's an interesting thing. Because like, even that, the word education, it's root meaning, which goes to Education goes back to the time of the Greeks, and the root word of the word education is to draw out. Yes. So the Greeks believed that we are born with all the knowledge of the universe, and the role of the teacher is to draw that knowledge out. And boy, have we lost that. Yeah, because now what they do is they put knowledge in. Just the bits they want you to know. Just the bits they want you to know. The rest is hidden. It's interesting because I do believe that you are born with this knowingness and your journey is, the, I don't know how to say this. So your journey is about exploring that and everything that you face, like all the adversity and things like that, that just helps to shape you on your journey. And it brings out... It brings out this knowingness. Like you said, your experience was this, that, the next thing. And you've studied it. You've studied different religions. And as have I, because it's interesting to me. And along the way, you gather more of this knowingness and it comes into the light more and more without being so hidden. Yeah, the occult, the word occult means to be hidden. Hidden, yeah. Yeah, and that's why... And even why that's been twisted. I think intentionally so. That's their point, isn't it? Oh, you can't yeah. look there. Don't look there because that's the occult. That's the hidden. And to someone like me, I'm like, is there something behind that curtain? Oh my yes, God, I've got to know what's look. behind the curtain. <laughs> Yeah, don't tell me I can't do something because I will be absolutely insistent that I go and do that thing. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back after these messages. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Do you need someone to talk to? Feel you have no one that will listen. You think you've had too much with this life It doesn't have to be that way. Lessons because everyone needs to talk sometime. Call 0800 009 6640 between 8 a.m. and 2 a.m. Truck listens because everybody needs to talk sometime. 
Did you know we receive no funding here at Trans Radio UK? To keep us on air and growing, we rely on donations. To donate, please head to www.transradiouk.com and click the link. A regular payment of £20 will see you become a partner of Truck. Other options are available. Email info at transradiouk.com for details. A big thank you from all the team here at Trans Radio UK. The world's largest radio station for the trans community. Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings that we all are. So it's quite interesting that discussion around belief system and moral compasses and all of those things, because it brings us back to where we started this conversation, which is around the political situation in this country. And obviously, in America, America, it's the evangelical Christian right that is causing a lot of the problems. And I think to a certain extent in this country too, while we might not have the same extent of the problem, we certainly are struggling with the mindset, which is that narrow-minded viewpoint where people see things only through the fractured lens of their own upbringing. And one last thing on religion is so often we as queer people are accused of being groomers. But I think the last thing I will say on religion is religion is grooming children because you are convincing them that the only way to please their parents is to believe what their parents believe. And that to me is the very definition of grooming. So I will send out apologies to any religious listeners we have. But I have to say to you, please just raise your children firm in the knowledge that they can choose to believe whatever it is they want to believe. And please do not instill in them your framework for spirituality, because I don't think that's fair. They are as we are. I've always thought with my children is that I am their steward. I chose to have them. They didn't choose to have me. So there is a this idea that your children owe you something this idea that I brought you into this world I can take you out of it you better be grateful it is nonsense because we chose to bring them into this world but they are themselves their own unique spiritual beings and our only role as parents is to be their stewards not their guides we are their stewards we are there to just make sure they don't kill themselves that was always my go-to as a parent is like as long as it's not bleeding or broken i'm okay (laughs) i've done a good job <laughs> so it's like I only really intervened with my children if the thing they were going to do was going to result in loss of life or limb. But yeah, okay, so religion, spirituality, let's delve into the quagmire that is dun 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 politics. What do you think about politics, Lee? We're both immigrants. What do you think? Yeah, British I politics. I don't have time for politics. There needs to be a different way of living. And I think it's kind of like the experience that I had with organised religion. I have come to the conclusion that I don't need it in my life. And politics, I mean, it's like politically homeless, I think, is a word that I describe myself as. And I think that there needs to be something different. There, there needs to be a different way of living without being, you know, subjugated. So that, that's my take on politics. Do without it, have 
have something else, a new way, a new system. I remember someone once said to me, just because you're not interested in politics doesn't mean politics isn't interested in you. Mm. <laughs> it's a difficult one because on many levels, I'd love to disconnect from the whole political debate. But at the end of the day, these are the people that have the power to define whether the things we do and the people we are is legal or not. And this is where I think there is a differentiation between trans men and trans women. And if I look at the current hysteria around the transgender debate, we don't see cisgendered men having an issue with trans men. What we've got is a whole lot of hysteria around transgender women. And this idea that trans women are a threat to cisgendered women. And at the end of the day, there isn't any fundamental factual baseline for the accusation that trans women are a threat to cisgendered women. There is no evidence. There is nothing. You can trawl through the statistics. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Statistically, trans women are far more likely to be the victim of a crime than the perpetrator of a crime. We are statistically underperforming <laughs> in the crime statistics. So the only thing that society has to engender opposition is fear. And fear is false expectations appearing real. And that is the that. debate that, yeah, that's what they're doing to us. They're creating this horror scenario. It's like, how is it possible that one of the largest economies on the world is on its knees because of people who are arriving in small boats? Yeah, I think that that's not the problem. I think the problem is that it's used as an instrument of fear. We must fear these people. They're going to take away our jobs. They're going to take away our housing and we must fear them. But that's not what the problem is. You know, it's just like a, it's like a psyops really. Point using, yeah, using that as it's, because that's exactly what they're doing with in particular trans women. It's that fear, you know, it's like they groomers and they this and they that and women aren't safe and all the rest of it. Meanwhile, we've discussed this on the show before. It's, the transgender women that feel unsafe. I think it's just, uh, you know, it's a fear-based thing. Fear, uncertainty, and what's what's the D? Doubt. 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 Fud. 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 That's the thing. It's like Hitler had his V2 rockets and his Messerschmitts fighter planes and all the rest of it. Actually, it seems the only thing you need to do to defeat Britain is stick tens of hundreds of people in rubber dinghies and send them across the channel and the entire country will come to its knees. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, when you think of it in those terms, the whole thing just becomes ludicrous. And yet people believe this. They put up the straw man and they say, look, 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 this is what the problem is. And there is so much debate. There is so much debate and discussion about the threat that transgender women present to cisgendered women. And yet it is just demonstrably not proven. On the sports field, we had Carly on a few weeks ago from America and she made a really good point. She said, 
Show me the scoreboard in sports. Show me. Demonstrate to me that trans women are obliterating <laughs> cisgendered women on the sports field. It just doesn't exist. We don't. We're not. We do not. And I'm on record right now as saying we so far have not demonstrated any capacity to obliterate cisgendered female athletes. We have had a few people who have risen to the top, but that is the same in any sport. There will always be people. Michael Phelps. Why didn't they take Michael Phelps out of the pool? Because his arms were longer than the average, the ratio between his arm length and the length of his body. They've studied him. They lord him. They put him up on a pedestal and they say, look at this fantastic athlete. He's got these unique physical attributes which make him able to, the way he processes lactic acid. And that gave him an unfair disadvantage. Yeah, an yeah. unfair disadvantage, really. Is, That's is not, he, he's lauded as, as a hero. Hero, yeah. Having these things. So it's just a bunch of nonsense. And everybody who maintains that somehow trans women are a threat to cisgendered women, it's just complete and utter nonsense. And this loops me back to kind of where we started in this conversation, which is around politics. And I was really, really disappointed as a Brighton resident to hear that Caroline Lucas was stepping down as our MP at the next election because she was always someone, she as an individual was someone that I could honestly believe in. I believe she was an unusual politician in that I get, I've never met, well, I have met her at, at a clinic, as they call it. And she just seemed like a really genuine person. And what she says in Parliament, you know, they say judge someone by what they do, not by what they say. But the thing is, what she does and says has always been consistent. And she has always been an outspoken advocate for transgender rights. And to the point where she's actually attended, she's spoken and attended numerous trans pride marches in Brighton. And the fact that she's going is really disappointing for me. Having said that, I have met the Labour candidate at the last general election, and he seems like a really decent fellow, and I wish him well. But at the end of the day, the thing which vexes me is when I look at the political landscape, and I've got an article up on the Substack, tiggirl.substack.com, where I have a look at the various political parties and I look to see, okay, which of them, for me as a transgender woman, which one stands out as someone I can cast my vote for? And I've had a look at all of them and they love to pride wash. They've all got their... I, it was <laughs> it was really ridiculous. There's a conservative LGBT group conservative but yeah when you look at it it's about gay men and the occasional lesbian it's not about transgender people same with labor the thing which really troubles me with labor is Keir Starmer has clearly not as much as and I'm going to use the word their word which is broad church Labour is supposed to be a broad church of its members, but I don't see that they are in any way even coming close to being someone I would trust with my vote to actually advance the 
needs of trans women specifically. And I don't mean to be, and I'm going to say it, disingenuous shot of water hold on a second there we go lee's taking a shot as well i don't mean to be disingenuous to trans men many of whom as a community have been extremely supportive of my various campaigns and things that i've done but at the end of the day trans men are not perceived as a threat And that is due to the underlying misogyny in our society, which says that a trans man, in their heads, in in the minds of so many people, a trans man will never be a threat to a cisgendered man because they can't possibly achieve what a cisgendered man could achieve. But trans women, by virtue of our male puberty, which is forced upon us by the state because the state refuses to allow trans kids to participate in gender-affirming care. So every single trans woman in the United Kingdom will have passed through male puberty and by definition will be perceived by those that would set the narrative as a threat. And because there are demonstrably no statistics which prove the point, their only option is to lean upon fear, uncertainty and doubt. Oh, absolutely. It's a distraction technique. It really is. It's like something's happening over here, but look over there. And that's, I think, what the spud is all about. It's it's just distracting you and shaping the way you think about things I fear. And that kind of like links back to earlier on in this episode when we were talking about the snake being a symbol of fear, particularly for little children and things like that. This has been going on for years and years and centuries and millennia. It's distraction and the fear. But I almost wonder, I mean, just thinking about the snake in Britain, the worst, <laughs> I mean, where we grew up, a snake could kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like a paper tiger. <laughs> snakes in britain are not a problem (laughs) i think so i did this analysis which i welcome you i encourage you to read because i was left with the conclusion that there is actually no one that i am willing to put my vote behind in the 2024 election as a transgender woman and that got me thinking and I got to thinking about is it time and this is the thrust of the essay that I wrote is it time for us to form a transgender slash gender non-conforming political party and especially because let's face it Brighton Pavilion is open I think Caroline Lucas was a force but her absconding exiting the race puts it in play and I think Labour think it's a done deal I think they think they can take this now and I think absent any viable opposition they will and I'm wondering if we should let them take it and I can only speak as a Brightonian for Brightonians And sadly, we can only vote in the constituency in which we reside. But I would like, and this is my call to action, I would like to hear right here, right now, propose that we lay claim to our wonderful bubble and let's not let Labour or any of these mealy-mouthed, consensus-driven political parties come and take from us our independence am i reaching does my reach exceed my grasp 
What do you think, Lee? I think that we are community. We are a force to be reckoned with. And together we can transcend boundaries. And that's one of the reasons why we've named the show Transcending Together. Transcending Together. together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think there needs to be a shift and there needs to be a disruption because you know, I think even people outside of our community are probably wondering to themselves, who am I going to vote for? Because they're each as bad as each other and they don't yeah. serve us, the people. They serve their corporate puppet masters and it's time for disruption. I love that word, disruption. Yes. And we need to disrupt. And we have now, thanks to Suella Braverman, we are now not entitled to disrupt in a physical form. So let us disrupt in a political form. And for those of you who think it can't be done, when I was doing the research for my article, I came across this particular poem. And I'm going to leave us with this today, which is, it's a poem by Edgar Allan Guest. And I apologize, I'm not very good at reading poetry. But this is the poem. And it is, it couldn't be done. And this is how the poem goes. Somebody said that it couldn't be done, but he with a chuckle replied that maybe it couldn't, but he would be one who wouldn't say so till he'd tried. So he buckled it right in with a trace of a grin on his face. If he worried, he hid it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. Somebody scoffed, oh, you'll never do that. At least no one has ever done it. But he took off his coat, and he took off his hat, and the first thing we knew, he'd begun it. With a lift of his chin and a bit of a grin, without any doubting or quid it, he started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. There are thousands to tell you it cannot be done. There are thousands to prophesy failure. There are thousands to point out to you one by one the dangers that wait to assail you. But just buckle in with a bit of a grin. Just take off your coat and go to it. Just start in to sing as you tackle the thing that cannot be done, and you'll do it. I love that. It kind of reminds me of Thomas the Tank Engine. I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. And oh, way you know, to you bring just, it down to cultural references. <laughs> you just have to look at disruptors. I'm talking about Uber, Amazon, Airbnb. Yeah. It started with an idea, and people were probably going, "Oh, don't be ridiculous," you know. <laughs> you can't do that, and you know it's like I know I can mentality. Yeah, I think that's the thing, guys. I think we have to control this narrative. And I'm fed up with being a victim. I have always been a fervent, outspoken person. I've always spoken out against violence. I don't believe that that is the path to success. So I don't think putting on our balaclavas and grabbing our torch and pitchfork and storming the fences is the way to go. I think we've got to use the system against itself and we need to bring in change. And I think Brighton Pavilion could be our first stake in the ground to controlling our own destiny. I don't want to just hand over Brighton Pavilion to Labour or whoever the Greens decide to roll in to replace Caroline. I will not let that happen on my turf. So here's my call to action as we close out the show this afternoon. Let's go and take it.
because I am fed up with being dependent on cisgendered white men to tell me what I can, or actually having said that, cisgendered white women telling me what I can and cannot have. I will not go down and I will die on that hill. And with that, it's goodbye from me in love and light. I will see you next week and... And it's goodbye from me. And just remember, you are powerful and valid and love. And together we have the power to change the world. This This is Trans Radio UK. Yo, this is Risk. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Hi, everybody. It's Avril here. And I just wanted to wish you a very, very happy Pride Month. Please remember that Pride was always a protest. Hi guys, happy Pride from Danny. Have an amazing month of June and be as queer as you can be. And remember, trans women are women. Hello, it is me, DJ Gloria. Happy Pride from everyone at the Trans Radio UK team. Please check our socials for more information. Trans Radio UK. For the community, by the community. Hey, this is Pink. Trans Radio UK. Did you know we have an active and fun chat room? Come and join presenters and other listeners at transradiouk.com. Truck United FC, our award-winning football team. Catch all the latest action at www.truckunitedfc.com. Bringing you the best music, the latest news, and the best chat shows across the globe. Trans Radio UK. Trans Radio UK. Here for the community. 24 hours a day.